The title of today's message is Power Perspective. Again, we're going to speak today on power perspective. Uh, we're going to start today in the Word of God with 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 17. This is going to be one of two major passages that we're going to use today. But we're going to start here again. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 17. You can follow along on the screen. This is the Word of God. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. Verse 9. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the uh, Arameans, I think, are going down there. Verse 10. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of you is on the side of the king of Israel. If we're talking about the game among us, it's like, who is sus? <laughs> who is sus? Who's the mafia? Verse 12, none of us, my lord, right? I'm just a citizen, not a mafia. <laughs> none of us, my lord, the king said one of his officers, but Elisha. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Verse 13, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. There they went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What are you talking about? I don't see anything. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. New perspective. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. So this is not just a normal natural army. This is the army of God, full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And this is the word of God. All God's people said, amen. 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 Power perspective. That's what we see here with Elisha. Elisha has a perspective of power. Again, the story here is, uh, is that there's two kingdoms, two kings. They're at war. There's the king of Aram. There's the king of Israel. And the king of Aram makes all these plans to attack the king of Israel and the nation of Israel. But Elisha, Elisha has divine insight from God, and he's able to know when and where the king of Aram is going to attack. And so he warns the king of Israel of the king of Aram's plans. And so the king of Israel continues to avoid and be saved from these attacks. Now, the king of Aram naturally thinks there must be a traitor. There's a saboteur. There's a mafia in our midst. And he's like, which one of you are betraying us? And they say, no, it's not us. It's this guy, Elisha. He has a powerful perspective. He is able to see things that natural man does not see. He's able to have a perspective that is divine, that is supernatural, and he warns the king of Israel. And so, just like the devil wants to do to you, the king wants to stop uh, Elisha because he has this powerful perspective. The enemy will always try to come against your perspective. He will try to stop you from seeing things the right way. So, the king of Aram sends forces to take 
uh, Elisha prisoner, to take him captive, to stop him from having this perspective, which is giving them victory. And then the servant freaks out. He sees all the armies, uh, soldiers of, the, of Aram, the Arameans, and the king of Aram. And he's like, oh, no, what do we do? And Elisha is just chill. He's like, it's okay. You know why? Because I've got the perspective that is giving me peace. Hallelujah. Come on. God can give you a perspective that gives you peace in the face of danger, in the face of, of potential bad things, very bad things happening. And so he says, look, I, I, I have a perspective, and I want to pray for you to have this perspective. He says, Lord, please help him to see. Open his eyes. Somebody say open. Oh, God, open his eyes to see. And he sees the armies of God surrounding their enemies. And, uh, and of course, this was the reason why. So this is the reason why Elisha did not have fear. So this is my point. He had a perspective that the servant did not. And because of this perspective, he did not fear. So this is why perspective is very important. Because like for Alicia, depending on your perspective in life, you will either have hope or you will have fear. Uh, depending on your perspective, you may have faith or you may have despair. Depending on your perspective, you will have strength or weakness. Uh, depending on your perspective, you will have power or impotence. And so the good news today, the reason why you're here listening to this message is because God wants to give you that kind of perspective. He wants to give you a perspective that is powerful and power-giving. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 20, 23, let us read it together. This is the word of God. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, of course, in this passage, when the Bible speaks of our eyes, it's not talking about literal physical eyes. It's talking about what? Our perspective. Now, there's two things that determine your perspective. Number one. What we focus on. Number two, how we see things. That's your perspective. Number one, what you focus on. Uh, what you tend to focus on is those things that you continually think about, those things that you continually meditate on, those things that you continually talk about. That's your focus. And whatever you are focusing on will determine the kind of perspective you have. And so if you tend to focus on negative things, you're, you will have a negative focus uh, or perspective, sorry. If you, have, if you focus on religious things, you will have a religious perspective. Uh, number two, how we see things, how you interpret things. Uh, of course, uh, there's a saying that says that two people can look at the same thing and see two totally different perspectives. So the question is, how do you see things? And so again, depending on how you see it will determine your perspective. If you tend to see things in a negative light, you will have a negative perspective. If you tend to see things in a positive way, then again, you will have a positive perspective. So perspective is important. It is both very practical and it is spiritual. Amen. Perspective. Perspective. Now, last week we talked about position. 
position, which has everything to do with our identity. And what you need to know is that perspective and position go hand in hand together. In fact, your, your perspective will affect your position. Uh, in some ways, it's your perspective will determine your position. What do I mean? You see, as we spoke last week, God has given us, through Jesus Christ, a powerful position. Amen? God has given us through Jesus, through faith in Christ. Right now, you have a position of righteousness, and you have a position of favor. But the question now is not, do you have it? The question is, are you living in it? Some people have it, but they're just not living in it. And so perspective will affect whether you are truly living in the identity and the position and the favor and the blessing that you have from God. The problem is not whether God has given it. He has given it. Do you see it? What is your perspective? Uh, a great example of this pr uh, principle is in Luke 15. Let's go there together. It'll be on screen. Luke 15 we're going to read verses 25 through 31. Luke 15, 25 through 31. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. There was a party, verse 26. And so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry. And he refused to go in. And so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Please remember the fact that he said slaving. I've been slaving for you. And yet you never gave me even a young goat. He's mad about a goat. So I could celebrate with my friends. Verse 30. But when, his son, when this son of yours, it's not even your brother, right? It's like when this son of yours, when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. It's not fair. It's not fair. Verse 31. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, right? Your perspective is this is your son. You're no good son. And the father corrects him like, no, 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 no. You got to have the right perspective. This is your brother. This brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So uh, what I want to point out here uh, that I feel like is so important is the fact that the older brother was working in the field. The older brother was in the position of working in the field. The problem with that was that he was the son of the, he was the son of the rich man. And back then, if you were the son, if your position was that you were the son of the rich man, your position was not supposed to be in the field. Your position was supposed to be in the house. He was supposed to be positioned in the house. He had the position. He had the blessing. He was the son, but he was not living 
in the position. You see what I'm saying? He was living in the field, though he had the position of the son. So the son, this older brother, was in the wrong position. He was living like a slave when he should have been living like a son. How many Christians are living like a slave when they should be living like sons and daughters? And I believe the reason why this older brother was living in the wrong position was because he had the wrong perspective. You see throughout the story that his perspective is very different from his father's perspective. And so what he was missing was his father's perspective. I want to ask you, brothers and sisters, do you have your heavenly father's perspective? What perspective are you living from? Your own perspective? Your family's perspective? Your friend's perspective? Instagram's perspective? Oh, nobody hit like. You know, I only got 50 likes on this, you know, and so I must not be, you know, as... You know, people must not like me. It's like, what perspective? Is it your resume? Is it your grades? What perspective are you living in? And the, I would like to suggest to you today, in fact, I would like to tell you the truth today, that we should be living from our Heavenly Father's perspective. <clears throat> this, this dude did not have his dad's perspective. And so he had the wrong perspective. And there are many that I could point out, but for the sake of time, I want to point out one important one was this. The wrong perspective he had was about the goat. <laughs> the goat. His perspective was this. My dad won't give me a goat. I want a goat. <laughs> right? He gives my mess up, you know, no good, irresponsible, partying, sinful younger brother a cow, but he won't give me a freaking little goat. In other words, the older brother was chasing goats. He wanted a goat. He wanted a goat. And so his perspective is, dad won't give me a goat, which is very different from the father's perspective. Verse 31, it says, my son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. See, your perspective is that I won't give you a goat. My perspective, the father says, is all the goats are yours. Because you are not my servant, you are my son. You need to change your perspective on yourself. You keep seeing yourself as a servant and therefore, you think I'm not going to give you or I haven't given you anything. I haven't given you a goat. You're out there chasing goats. But I've given you everything. And you would know that if you would just be able to see yourself and live in your position as a son. You're not my servant. You're my son. Does that not echo the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Right? Jesus who said in John 15, Jesus our Savior who said in John 15, Jesus, the one who raised, who raised from the dead, declared in John 15, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. I call you friends. I call you sons and daughters. I call you the bride of Christ. So why are you living? in the field. Why do you have the wrong perspective? Why are you allowing your wrong perspective to cause you to live in the wrong position? And in other words, let me say it this way. Why are you chasing goats? Why are you chasing goats? See, the older brother is out here chasing goats. You know, oftentimes what we're doing in life is chasing goats. You know what a goat is? See, anything is a goat when it becomes something that is a source of fear, source of stress, source of 
depression or confusion, of worry, of anxiety. You know, even good things from God can become goats in our lives, right? These things that cause us to start complaining, start, start, start feeling like a, a victim in life. I'm not blessed. I'm never blessed. God doesn't care. God doesn't do this. God doesn't do that. Or what if, you know, I've said it before, even blessings can become goats. Even blessings, good things can become a source of, of anxiety and fear. Before you have the blessing, you're like, oh, when will I get it? I'll never get it. And then when you have it, you're like, oh, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. <clears throat> and so that's when you know something has become a goat. And my question today is this. Are you chasing goats? Are you chasing goats today when, in fact, God wants to give you so much more? God wants to give you greater blessings. God wants to give you greater grace. God wants to give you greater favor. God has greater plans for you. God has a greater destiny. Hallelujah. But could it be that we are out here chasing goats because we have the wrong perspective? Could it be that the reason why we are upset or feel fearful or even complaining in life is because we've been chasing goats instead of chasing God? We've been chasing goats. Instead of chasing all that God has for us. And so, like the older brother, many of us, we have the position. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, the Bible says. We have the position, but we are not living in the position. We have the blessings, but we're not living in the blessings. Why? Because we're chasing goats. We're chasing goats because we have the wrong perspective. Amen. Somebody said perspective. 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 Uh, one person said this. Uh, he said, we think we see the world as it is, when in fact, we see the world as we are. That's so powerful. We think we see the world as it really is, when in fact, you're actually seeing the world through the lens of how you see yourself. And that was the problem of the older brother. He saw the world... He saw his dad. He saw life as unfair. But the reason why he saw the world like that was because of the, world, because of the way he saw himself. Because he saw himself not as a son. He saw himself as a slave. He saw himself as a servant. His perspective was the problem. So maybe, maybe today what you need in this Christmas season, hallelujah, as great as gifts are, as great as vacations are, as great as a promotion at, in your job would be, maybe perhaps what you need most right now in this life is not for your world to change, not for your situations to change, not for your circumstances to change, not for your finance to change, not for your relationships. Because we keep telling ourselves, if I would only have these things change, then I would be happy, then I would be joyful, and life would be good, and I can live in peace. But God says, you don't need those things to change in order to be joyful. What you need is a new perspective. You need your perspective to change. Amen. You need a perspective to change. You're chasing goats, but I have so much more for you. Why won't you give me a goat? Everything I have is yours. Amen. And so what we need is our perspective of ourselves to change. What we need is our perspective of God to change. You need to start seeing God as your good father. Amen. God is your good father. He says, I am for you, not against you. I have given, I have died for you to give you the kingdom of God. God has more for you than just the goat that you're chasing. You're thinking, you're just like, 
like, I want this little goat. And God, God's like, I've got so much more, so much greater things that I have in store for you. You think I died just to give you a goat? <laughs> I could have seen angels to provide little goats for you. I died to give you the kingdom. Amen. I died to give you myself. I died to give you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I've got all the goats that you need for you. Amen. So you got to start seeing God as your good father. And then, number two, you got to start seeing yourself differently. You need to see yourself. I am beloved. I am favored. I am righteous. Hallelujah. I have the promises of God. Jesus died for me. Hallelujah. I am the one that Jesus died for. I'm the one that Jesus was thinking of. When the nails were going through his hands, when the nails were going through his feet, when they put the crown on his head, he was thinking of me. I am dying for Jimmy. I am dying for Eden. I am dying for Alice. He had you on your mind. You are that one. Hallelujah. Come on, put it in the chat. I'm that one. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the favored one. I am the blessed one. You are the one. You're the reason Jesus died and rose again. Amen. And for some of you, I want to tell you this. You got to stop telling yourself that you are your past. No, I am not my past. Amen. I am not my mistakes. I am not my weaknesses. I will not let my weaknesses define me. I will not like, I am not my sins. Amen. That's what the gospel says. You are not your sins. we got to stop calling ourselves sinners. We are not sinners saved by grace. By grace, we are no longer sinners. We are saints. We are saints who still sin. <laughs> Hallelujah. We still sin. We still get mad at our wives and say things to our wives we shouldn't. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, honey. And uh, we, we are still sinful. We need to be more patient, more kind, more loving, less selfish, more giving, more generous, more faithful to God. Yes, we still sin. But make no mistake, we are in a powerful position through Christ, through faith in Christ. And so it's no longer our sins that define us. It is Jesus who defines us. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, I wish I had time to tell you about how Christians, so many Christians live their life letting the, the fear of sin or trying not to sin. It's all about sin. They all about sin define their life. No, sin does not define me. Jesus defines me. What he's done on the cross defines me. Amen? Amen. Come on. Somebody say God is good. God is good. It's all about Jesus. And so in closing, I want to say, I want to, I want to answer the question, how can we develop then this new powerful perspective? How can I live? How can I have the perspective of God? on my life. And there are many things I could say, and there are many great uh, pieces of advice from the Word of God that uh, we could apply here, but we don't have time, so I'm going to boil it down to one thing. And so this is my Christmas present to you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Trying to keep the message short. <laughs> and those of you who've clapped, I'm offended at you now. But, <laughs> but Jesus loves you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, just kidding. But this is my Christmas present for you. This is a, as short as possible sermon here today. Uh, the answer is this. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. 2 Kings 6, 17. How can we live with a powerful perspective? How can I have a powerful perspective of God on life, of my life? Verse 17, it says, And Elisha prayed. That's the answer. And Elisha prayed. So simple, so basic, so powerful. Basic is not basic in the kingdom of God. Amen. Basic is never basic. Oh man, that's the tool of the devil. 
is for you to think there are levels and there's maturity. You know, I'm so much old. Oh, yeah, I already know the answer. Prayer, yeah, prayer, Bible. No, basic is not basic. Never forget that. God's been renewing my mind and my heart, re-challenging me about prayer in this season. And I'm, I'm tempted to say I pray and I hope for all of our church in 2023, it's going to be a season of prayer like never before. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed. And he prayed Open his eyes, Lord. I love that. Because he's not trying to open his eyes by himself. Right? He's not trying to read the Bible using his own mind or his own intellect. No, he prays before he reads the Bible. God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Open my spiritual eyes. He prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. He thinks he can see, but he can't really see. You know, that's a great part of that. That's something you need, humility, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Can you believe that God wants to show you things, help you to see things that you cannot see right now? Amen. He wants to make things more clear in your life right now. But it starts with prayer. We cannot have a powerful, heavenly, spiritual perspective of God without prayer. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. Let's read it together because it's so good. I pray, hallelujah, not that I hope or not I believe. No, there's action here. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Amen. I promised you a short sermon, so I'm really trying not to go, <laughs> to go longer here. But when I read the Bible, I'm like, oh, that is so good. I got to say it. I got to say it. Can I say this? He says, I pray that you will see it before you have it. When it comes to the kingdom of God, he says, you got to see before you have. Having is not about possessing. Having is about seeing. See, a lot of Christians, they live by having. They think you have to have in order to have. Oh, I don't have blessings, so I'm not blessed. No, he says, you got to see that you're blessed in order to know that you're blessed. And when you know that you're blessed, the, the blessings will manifest. Amen. And it starts with this. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. I pray that you will be able to see with your spiritual eyes, spiritual eyes. So again, we have to pray. Amen. Amen. Pray. Not just on Sundays. Pray. Not just when things are bad, pray. Not just when you're depressed or down, pray, amen, at all times. Not just in good times, not just in bad times, all times, every time. Not, that, not just at church, at home, at work, in the subway. Come on, somebody. We got to pray at all times in all things. That's what the Bible says. Do not cease praying. Pray all the time. And so I want to encourage somebody. When you fall into sin, when you struggle with sin, pray. <laughs> Pray for God's perspective. Pray to see yourself in that moment through God's eyes. Do you understand that right when you sin, God looks at you and he sees you as his son. He still sees you as his daughter. And he still sees you as righteous, even though you just fell into sin. How is that possible? Because of faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. 
when you go through problems, when you go through difficult times, when you go through dis disappointments, what do you got to do? Pray. Pray for God's perspective. God, give me perspective on my problems. Give me your perspective. Give me, help me to see my life through your promises. Help me to see my life, God, through, through your plans and your destiny. I know blessing is coming because I see my life through your plans. Amen. I know the breakthrough is coming because I see my life through your eyes. Amen. Amen. And so in closing, can we start the piano? So in closing, you got to take care of your eyes. Amen. You got to develop your eyes. You know, in the natural, we, we do this with our natural eyes. I remember growing up, everybody would say, eat your carrots. Why? Because carrots are good for your eyes, to make them healthy and to make them strong. And so I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, Joyful City, you got to take care of your spiritual eyes in the same way. As much as we think and believe our natural eyes are important, our spiritual eyes are even more important. And so they are more deserving of more attention and more care. And so in the same way we feed ourselves in a way to take care of our eyes and make our eyes healthy, we need to feed ourselves with things that are going to make our spiritual eyes healthy and strong. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fix, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. And so when you pray, don't just pray for things. That's good. That's awesome. But it's not enough. <laughs> right? Pray for blessings. God wants to give you blessings. That's what the Father said. You want a goat? I've got everything. I want to give you everything. That's not the problem. That's not what's most important. It's already yours. The promises are yours. It's coming, man. It's coming. So what should I really pray for? Perspective. And how do I have the right perspective? Fixing your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we will have the right perspective in life. So what does it mean to fix our eyes on Jesus? Is that when I pray, I'm praying into his character. God, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to be closer to you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your love. I want to know your goodness. Prayer is about knowing and becoming more closer and intimate with God, right? When we pray, we should meditate on his faithfulness. You know, one of the best ways you can build up your faith is to meditate on the history of God. What has he done in the past? How he has always come through. Every time you were worried, right, later you realize you were worried for nothing. When you were like, how is it going to happen? God always came through. And so if he did it then, he will do it now. But the thing is, you got to meditate on his past history and his faithfulness, and it's going to give you a new powerful perspective. Amen? Amen. Now when I look at my problem, I don't see a problem. I see an opportunity because I've got this new perspective through his history. Hallelujah. Did that rhyme? Was that good or what? When I, say, when I see this problem, I don't see an, a problem. I see an opportunity through God's history. Amen? That's so good. That's the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. This is it. We close here. It says, I pray. This is what you should be praying. This is what we've been praying for one another in our church. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. That's what we've been talking about these last few weeks power. Strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, position. Are you in the position of a son and daughter? 
being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Not just a goat, all of God, all of who he is and all of who he has. He wants to fill your life with all the fullness of God. And what is he praying for? Love, love, love. Right? When I was meditating on this, it's like, I was like, it's love on love on love on love. Be rooted in love so you can know how high and wide and deep and long is the love of God and so that you can be filled with even more love. Right? It's like love on love on love and love. Basic is never basic in the kingdom of God. It's still, ladies and gentlemen, it's still all about Jesus, and it's still about his love for us. When we focus on God's love, then we will have God's perspective. Let's pray.